This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Magpies Unrestricted. Ladies and gents, and welcome to Magpies Unrestricted, where we'll be talking all things Newcastle United. I'm your host, Chris Simpson, and joining me today is Cara Thistlethwaite. Hello! And we are joining you listeners after Newcastle secured Champions League football for the first time since 2003-04, I believe, with a 4-1 win uh, against Brighton on Thursday, and then a 0-0 draw against Leicester City last night. We're recording on the Tuesday. We've had a bit of time to digest, and ultimately, actually... Not a bad result for Leicester, especially given how one-sided the game was, but again... Unfortunately, the best chance was for Leicester, and uh, we hit it straight up, Pope. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily say it was the best chance, but yes, Leicester yeah, but getting the- their first <laughs> shot in the 92nd minute of the game, and, and almost pinching it, to yeah, be fair. Yeah, Castagna, that's the whole point. <laughs> good, save, good save from Pope, but... Uh, Some excellent uh, saves from um, Leicester's... Well, defence, defensive midfield and um, keeper, to be honest. And the woodwork. And the woodwork. <laughs> Several times. Yeah. But there you go, you know, chances are what you make of them and it doesn't mean anything and I'm completely baffled as to why we didn't play an attacking team in the first frigging half of that game. But whatever, you know, not that we're fighting for survival. But hey, what do I know? Well, we'll 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 talk. We'll get into a bit of a Leicester inquest in a minute. But I think I think we need to just reflect just for a moment on the fact that Newcastle have. Do we have to finally? <laughs> How dare you? Uh, we have finally secured Champions League football. It's been a long time coming. Obviously, it's not necessarily a surprise. We've certainly earned it. But at the same time, there have been, you know, some slight inklings in recent weeks that Liverpool might. You know, sneak their way back into the top four with the way they've played. Yeah, it's now mathematically that's... beyond them with one game to go. They mm-hmm. could, uh, well, in terms of Newcastle, they could still overtake Man United and get top four. But Which again, whatever happens now, I mean, it'd be lovely if we can finish third as well. But whatever happens now, we are guaranteed top four and we are beyond Liverpool. And yeah, it's, it's pretty remarkable. Um, obviously, great scenes at the end last night great celebrations from the players and the fans obviously all this comes as we've mentioned with a pretty giant asterisk hanging over everything I mean we even got a bit of a reminder uh, of that last night at half time when you know Jamie Rubin was having his shots um, in that little competition they were having at half time and then you remember that oh yeah the people were owned by our well, in his case, a massive donor to the Tory party. Obviously, in the other case, the Saudis. <laughs> you know, it it doesn't look great wherever you look when you get to that level. Um, so, obviously, it all comes with that. But in terms of, you know, but at the end of the day, as you know, all we can do is be aware of that, talk about it, not approve of it. But at the end of the day, we also can't control who's in charge. And we still love the club at the end of the day. And from that point of view, for... You know, us as fans to 
I mean, we're obviously we 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 are way ahead of schedule. Uh, this wasn't supposed to quote unquote supposed to happen mm-hmm. for probably at least another two or three more years. Um, so with that in itself is a testament. I mean, not to give the owners loads of praise, but the recruitment has been phenomenal. Bringing in, you know, from Trippier and Bruno to Isaac to Sven Botman, all the other players, Nick Pope, all these other players that have come in, but also to the job. Um, Jason Tindall, sorry, Eddie Howe has done in charge of the team the way he's got the best out of, you know, Miggy Almiron, Joe Winton, not that he needed it, but Callum Wilson, um, you know, all these, uh, Jacob Murphy, Joe Willock, all these players who are already at the club, you know, the, 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 the levels he's got out of them as well is incredibly impressive. Um, and we have, like I say, we've been phenomenal this season. We fully deserve this, but we have punched above our weight when you when you think about it, and when you look at some of the personnel in our squad and the lack of depth we have in that squad. Yeah, that all pretty phenomenal. Um, yeah, I think it's been a bit of a weird season for the for the Premier League. If, if we exclude Man City, <laughs> I think it. I think everyone expected Liverpool to be, do better. I yeah. Think no one really expected Tottenham to do what they're doing. I'm not saying they're great, but you know, top them. Um, Chelsea to be that poor. Yeah, I mean it's it's a I suppose it's a bit a little bit like when Leicester won the title. In the and this doesn't take anything away from Leicester, but it was that capitalized perfect storm. Yeah, yeah, it was that yeah. perfect storm of you know all the big teams struggled that season and again in this season not all of them obviously Arsenal and City were still you know miles above us but otherwise United haven't I mean they've been better maybe you would say under Ten Hag but not you know amazing Liverpool have struggled as we as you said Chelsea have really struggled yeah Spurs have been an absolute mess despite at times being quite high up in the table yeah I'm saying I'm saying no one expects but Spurs someone's... because nobody knows <laughs> but, you know, but someone's still got to capitalise and, exactly. and do it and because let's face it, how many times have we seen the bigger teams not have great seasons but still kind of just walk into the top four because no one below them was able to put enough together consistently to yeah. actually get up there? Yeah, I didn't mean to take anything away from No, no, Newcastle. absolutely. I was just no. saying that it has been a bit of a, a, a wonky It has. Wonky season. Um, um, and, and that's, you know, it's still good for Newcastle. I think um, when when Man United started the season in their sorry state that they were it's, it's, a, it's a shame they didn't continue on that yes um, <laughs> it's a shame they weren't in that in oh I don't know the end of February that would have yeah, been, been good but hey sirrah sirrah but Newcastle have still done really well as you say against against all the teams and some of the scrappier teams as well that will always pose a problem for the higher ups to table like West Ham have been excellent just double checking in my mind that that was the right one that I was meaning. I think you mean Aston Villa. I meant Aston Villa. I mean, fair play to West Ham. They've got to yeah. a European final when they've survived, but in the league because of their Euro- uh, European exploits, they've not I been mean, great. They look but... the same, isn't that what David? Don't doesn't David Cameron support them? <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, the classic. Oh, they're both claret and blue. Which one? I mean, which one do I'm, I pretend? I'm not to... even pretending that I care for either. So, I but no, you, you're right. It, you know, but... Aston Villa, Brighton. Fulham have had a good season. They Brentford. Obviously Kent. Brentford again have been really good. You know, there's they're not all well. Brighton obviously have got into Europe, um, but yeah, it's it's been great actually from that point of view of seeing 
not just us, but quite a few other teams throughout the league really stepping up and Everton and week. performing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, so yeah, really phenomenal. I mean, again, we'll do a full end of season roundup uh, next week when we finish off for the season. But um, yeah, obviously, really, really phenomenal, uh, really exciting for next season. And of course, obviously, this is going to have a big impact on what we can spend in the summer because obviously we've talked about, you know, Newcastle can't necessarily go on huge, huge spending sprees consistently. We've obviously gone on a bit of one since the Saudis took over, it's fair to say. But the fact that now we're going to have the Champions League money coming in next year does let us actually kind of go again this summer and we're gonna, we are going to need depth in that team. Yeah, well, we can already expect a lot of teams to be picked clean uh, mainly Leicester <laughs> so a lot of those players could come in and you know we've talked before during the season like if you got such and such player where would they fit well having this opportunity to have the extra fixtures means that how then has the time to be able to fit players around and figure out what system works best and, and how it works best so it's it it's good not just for obviously the prestige and the money but also for the team in general because obviously maybe next year if you're not in there of the year after um, hopefully that won't happen but if it does then you already now have a tried and tested squad that works to the best of their abilities with that personnel there so you know it's it's, it's all good really I mean yeah well I mean some of those players who um, yeah might get cherry picked next season one of them uh, in Madison has been linked obviously pretty heavily with Newcastle and him and Barnes obviously starting on the bench for some uh, inexplicable reason um, thought a bit of a strange choice from uh, from the from the management there but ultimately I suppose not a bad result despite a kind of nothing performance until the final sort of couple of minutes yeah they just didn't want him on playing so they can get more money for them later and then so there's no injuries Tillemans hasn't been playing right for ages who had no no like attacking just no attacking chances to be honest but that was also down to uh, Newcastle's tactics which were really good and somehow we held on it's a shame that it took a while all the way to the end for us to do something but uh, you know at the end Leicester did have a, uh, an opportunity and as I, we've said before very very nearly nicked it but that's just the way it goes really I mean, the, I thought I didn't think we played well. I think we got a result, but it's a result. I don't think we played well at all. I think Leicester have continued to play crap. Yeah, uh, but you have given yourselves a chance going into that final game. Obviously, we won't play any of our our, our big players. So, well, you're at home to West Ham. You have to go all out, and if you win, and if Everton don't, then you will stay up. I, th- I think Everton probably will beat Bournemouth at, um, at Goodison Park, but. You've given yourselves a bit of a chance. I say it was a bit of a strange one, and and to be fair, actually, I think Bruno I think we yeah off. I think we got lucky actually in the it was like eight or nine minutes in. I think Bruno was pretty lucky not to actually get sent off for that challenge on Samara. He definitely fair. should have been sent off. A high foot to the knee, studs in, should have been a red card. But um, yeah, U- ultimately though, and it, well, it's weird because like we simultaneously had quite a few like big chances in terms of, like. You know, um, hitting the post and all this stuff, but at the same time, actually, there were long periods where Leicester, you know, we weren't really creating much, and you have to actually give some credit to Leicester's defence, which is not something you can say actually very often 
this season. Yeah, couldn't hold possession and couldn't get it out of the half, but didn't. The defence wasn't awful. There was just nothing else but defence. Um, every time he tried to clear it, just smack it up the park and. But hey, whatever. You know, no goal scored, so clean sheet. Let's so see. It'll, it'll make for an interesting final day. Obviously, you're at home to West Ham. West Ham, of course, are already safe, and they've got the Europa Conference League final to, um, you know, that's going to obviously be, um, you know, at the forefront of their minds. Um, so they're not really going to be at it that much, you would think. So Leicester have certainly, you know, got a, you know, you would think a decent chance of uh, getting a result at home there. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, it's not in your hands. It's all down to Everton, really. Well, I mean, you still need to do your part, but um, but yeah. Uh, as for Newcastle, so yeah, um, four points over the two games. So we also beat Brighton four-one at home on Thursday, which was a, a strong result. Um, a little bit tense actually in the middle after they made it two-one, and then we had those two quick-fire goals from from Wilson and Bruno in the 89th and, and 91st minutes. But ultimately, given the season Brighton have had again to, I know we were at home and obviously we've been really good at home, but a four-one win is not to be sniffed at. Yeah, Brighton showed how good they've been briefly in that match, but again, I think Newcastle's game plan worked really well and kept them controlled and and maintained mainly in their own half. But yeah, that that little little through pass was excellent, which obviously resulted in their only goal. But again. You know, didn't stop Newcastle from coming back and some excellent, excellent goals and excellent deliveries from Trippier and others. Yeah, well, uh, speaking of uh, Kieran Trippier, it was it's been a big week for him. Um, he was, of course, named Newcastle's Player of the Season as voted for by uh, supporters club members. Um, following on from Joelinton last year and Callum Wilson the year before, and I mean, look, I think we, we can pick out, and we'll, again, we'll probably do this next week we'll maybe pick out our personal players of the season and there are so many Newcastle players that uh, you can pick out um, you know who've, who've been phenomenal over the course of the season but yeah I've got to hand it to uh, to Trippier he has been absolutely phenomenal he's been such a good signing since um, we brought him in you know back in um, January last year you know what a leader as you mentioned the delivery you know, so good you know, defensively and going forward, um, yeah, thoroughly deserved. You've got to say, yeah, uh, he's he's been excellent. We've spoken multiple times about how he's managed to control the back, brought the defence together. His attacking runs up and down the sides, fantastic. And, and I say his cross and his his crossing and his free kicks and everything like that just adds so much to the team his, his delivery is excellent you know, he just has an eye for where people are meant to be so his link up play with the forwards and, and particularly the midfield um, you know has really given Newcastle the edge yeah and and he's not only been rewarded with the, the title of Newcastle player of the season he's among the nominees for Premier League player of the season as well um, I have a feeling he's not going to win that because I think I know who will because, um, but yeah, he he's up there alongside Kevin De Bruyne, uh, Erling Haaland. I think he might be the one who <laughs> takes it home. Uh, Harry Kane, Marcus Rashford, Martin Odegaard, and Bukayo Saka. Um, but again, considering he's you know a right back, that's still pretty phenomenal given the the caliber of player he's up against. Like I said, I think 
it, I can't see anyone other than Haaland winning it for obvious reasons. But um, you know, only Bruno Fernandes has actually created more chances in the Premier League this season than Kieran Trippier. Again, Fernandes is an, an attacking midfielder. Trippier is a fullback. That's really he also impressive. Just falls over all the time and gets free kicks. <laughs> that too. Um, but yeah, so really phenomenal season. And again, uh, Newcastle, yeah, not stopping with the nominees. Sven Botman and Alexander Izak both nominated for a uh, young player of the season as well. Uh, two of our summer signings. And yeah, they've, they've done really, really well. It's been a shame that Isaac has missed quite a lot of this season. Yeah. Um, I know he's come back and he's, he's you know, obviously made, made his presence well known. But you sometimes you stop and wonder, or oh, what if... Um, Absolutely, he he'd started that season, but as yeah, say he's he's still slotted in really well. You can see over the course of the couple of months that he's been playing, how he's got used to how the team play, how his attack positioning is really good, and obviously you can put that down as well to the coaching team and and probably like Wilson himself and and other team members helping him get into that sense of where everybody in the team is expecting him to be. And then all of a sudden, use his pace and his weirdly skinny legs <laughs> to uh, get into that position. So, yeah, he's been really good. And Botman's been pretty damn solid as well at the back. So, I know he doesn't have as uh, flashy a job as Isaac, but his contribution can't go unnoticed. Which it is good to see that he's being then prom- um, nominated for the young player of the season as well. Because I feel like for defenders and, and goalkeepers, it, it's very difficult to break into these types of awards. Yeah, I as you say, yeah, definitely. I think it always does tend to favour attacking players or at least midfielders. Um, so yeah, for a centre back to do it, uh, to get on there, I think is impressive. And they're, they're up against Brighton's uh, Moises Caicedo and Alexis McAllister, and then obviously Haaland, and then the Arsenal trio of Gabriel Martinelli, Saka, and Odegaard. You could really put most of Arsenal's squad there. To be fair, yeah, I mean, I have a feeling it'll probably be Haaland. Obviously, strolls to prior the season and probably one of the Arsenal players. Yeah, gets, I feel, um, I'm going to say Saka because I think you know I'm not saying I'm not trying to put down Saka because he is excellent and and he's such a, a brilliant human being as well. But I feel that he's probably a little bit more in favour than the others at the moment. But then again, he has been here for longer in the Premier League. He has been part of that Arsenal squad for a long time, and you can see his development much more clearly than the, than the. So likely newer children on the box. <laughs> yeah, so that 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 one's definitely a tougher one to call. I think than the than the overall player of the season. Yeah, I think McAllister's been excellent as well. Yeah, he has. I mean, honestly, it's it's nice to see Brighton get some recognition in there and as well. And of course, and they're so going to be picked clean as well. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, that's going to be the challenge for them. But of course, you know, we've seen, you know, last summer they had one of their best players in Cucurella taken by Chelsea. They had. Their Wait, manager what, taken Chelsea, by Chelsea, exactly. No one should go to Chelsea, guys. I mean, look at how they destroy players. And and on that note, Roberto De Zerbi joining Eddie Howe among the nominees for Premier League Manager of the Season. Yeah, he, he's been again to come into that situation at Brighton. As I say, just just had their best, one of the best players and their manager poached. Can I just say, like, what every a job time he's done. Pep gets put in, and everyone says how amazing he is, all of his tactics. I'm not saying it's bad, but every bloody team he's been in. They've got millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of pounds to spend on the best players in the world. 
not to mention 115 charges against them for exactly finan- alleged financial misconduct. Exactly. So can we just like that's got to undermine if he does this at like Bournemouth? By yeah. all means, <laughs> but I just I just feel it's a bit unfair for those people who come into to squads that have been a bit ragtag and they don't maybe have as much support. Shall we just leave it like that? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I just think it's like, come on, dude, he's deserved. He did a lot better more than you did there. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think. I mean, the other nominees as well: Arteta, Unai Emery, and Marco Silva. And, and Emery's been brilliant. He's built they that have... team for a very long time, and it, it, everyone pretty much fought against him. I think at the beginning of his, his career there. Um. Yeah, you know, I, I think he's done a really, really good job at Villa. Um. And again, I don't. I. I mean, I think he's the. When I say the weakest, I mean I think he's got the weakest shout on the list. But Marco Silva, you know, Fulham literally only just came up and they're going to finish in the top ten. That's still a really good. Yeah. You know, they've not been as exciting as Brighton or as Villa. I'm, I'm but, glad for Fulham. I but quite like them. Yeah, they've had a good season. I think he deserves that recognition of the nomination. I personally think it should either be Howe or Deserby. Who's Brentford's manager? Um, Thomas Frank. Where's he? I I think he was nominated last year, um, but again. The fact that Brentford are still up there, they're still, you know, they were comfortable, they weren't really in the relegation conversation. That in itself for a club of their stature is really impressive. And actually, um, Gary O'Neill, Bournemouth, you know, t- no offence Bournemouth, I mean, well, I doubt any Bournemouth fans are listening, but, you know, uh, uh, by by Premier League standards, a tiny club. Uh, as, well, I mean, Eddie Howe knows this full well, he kept them in the league for, you know, five years, but the, them staying up in any season is an achievement. And he's come in, and again he's kept them up. So again, that um, you know, lots of managers I think um, have had really good seasons. But yeah, personally for me, I think it should either be Howe or Deserby. And I, I mean, I, w- I certainly wouldn't uh, begrudge Deserby if he wins it. I mean, I wouldn't begrudge Unai Emery, but I, I think I think it's probably between those two. I begrudge Pep. <laughs> I, I I think that's the thing with Pep is I I, I don't think he'll get it because I think it, it, just at a certain point. As obviously as phenomenal as the job he does, as you mentioned, of course they've got a million points because they have billions of pounds. Yeah, you know what I mean. So like <laughs> at a certain point, the, that sort of fatigue kind of sets in. And and don't get me wrong, they've obviously been phenomenal as they always are every season. But it's not like that that season when they got a hundred points. You know what I mean. Mm. So yeah, I, I I don't think Pep will win it. Um, but like I said, we'll, we will see who wins again. We will report back assuming it's actually even been announced by the time the next pod is out we will go over that next week to see if any Newcastle players or the manager do sneak in uh, I mean it's a disgrace Jason Tindall's not on there it must exactly. be said in the real you know brains behind the situation but um, but yeah we go into the final day we are away at Chelsea I just really want um, you to smash Chelsea because I just feel like this would be <laughs> it would be perfect. a lovely way to sign it off it would be the it? cherry on the top of the cake <laughs> the proper Bakewell um, I bet. I bet you Chelsea will bloody turn around now and actually be good. Well, if they could be on Thursday when they play Man United, that'd be great because if Man United win both of their final games and they'll finish above us. But if Chelsea could like turn up on Thursday and then immediately go back to being terrible, that'd be great because I would also love it if we smash them on the final day. Again, at the end of the day. We're guaranteed top four now. It doesn't matter. Chelsea could batter us on the final day. And while that would be a somewhat, you know, annoying way to end the season, ultimately it wouldn't really matter. I don't think they're going to batter us, um, you know, but we'll see what happens. But 
I mean, well, I mean, to put it in perspective, Chelsea have won just once since the 11th of March. Um, Was better than Leicester. Yes, but <laughs> I love the fact that we still reached like April slash early May, and they technically weren't mathematically safe from relegation yet. That is amazing. Thank you, Graham Potter. Thank you, Frank Lampard. Oh yeah, man. It is funny, isn't it, little man? <laughs> there you go, Chelsea fans. Milo thinks that it's funny. Write to him and not me with your abuse. <laughs> and he will sit on it. <laughs> but I, I guess that helped in from just from a Newcastle perspective, the fact that they're gonna play on Thursday maybe helps us a bit as well. We've obviously got a bit longer to recover between the games. I don't think it's gonna make any difference. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and we we beat them earlier in the season when we played them. Uh, yeah, we, we, disappointing one nil. Yeah, Not actually, <laughs> when you think about it, actually, yeah, we should have won uh, by more. But um, that all being I mean, said, I should have said that you were going to get relegated. One <laughs> nil win against Chelsea, relegation zone. Well, this oh, the cat's going to turn the computer off. <laughs> this time we've. Um, <laughs> We, it will be at Stamford Bridge we haven't won there since 2012 when Papi Cissé scored and I'm calling it now the best brace in football history I will oh, not be taking God's questions <laughs> but again that's a long time that's 11 years it would be nice I think that's long enough I think let's put it to bed let's end the season with one more win uh, and let's just go and batter him that's what I want let's just go and batter him let's just let's finish well again if Man United win their final two then it doesn't matter but let's finish above Man United it'd be fucking great <laughs> oh well, I'm going to have to add an explicit tag onto the podcast now I don't care listeners we got Champions League football are you not allowed one we're allowed one it's fine <laughs> I say we're allowed one <laughs> but yeah we'll be back next season to look back on that game see how next Newcastle next season uh, next week I'm really skipping ahead there <laughs> we'll be back next week to do a roundup of the season have a look at how Newcastle got on at Chelsea and if we did manage to finish third uh, and we'll do, yeah, we'll do a bit of a, an end of season round up our classic end of season stat check which we like we like I like <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah just um, just give our final thoughts basically on how Newcastle have got on in the meantime if you could give, please give the podcast a like and subscribe and a positive review that would be amazing and yeah we've been Magpies Unrestricted I've been your host Chris Simpson thank you Cara no problemo. And thank you, listeners. Bye. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts.